This is Parker Hesse. This is Sam Branks. You have the pleasure of listening to Hawkeyes and Tallboys. Cheers, motherfuckers. Welcome to the Hawkeyes and Tallboys podcast. Featuring your host, Bo Freeborn. You know, guys, even though we get two conference losses, we're still going to end up 9-3. and three. We're going to win the West, for sure. Dylan Pond. Here's the thing, fellas. I'm going with it. 12 and fucking 0, baby. We're going to do it. Let's fucking go. Woo! And Rob Wall. I mean, that would be shocking. But we can do it. I mean, I think we can. So crack a tall boy. And go Hawks! Okay, welcome into another episode of Hawkeyes and Tall Boys. Uh, my name's Rob, and my name's Bo. And Dylan will be here in just a moment. Until then, let's crack some beers. Let's crack. Ah. Yeah, hell yeah! What a week, Rob. Glad to be seeing you tonight. And glad to be drinking beers in the middle of the week. This is going to taste really damn good. Cheers, man. Um, I was just telling Bo, uh, and I don't even know if I want to say this on the podcast, but now that I'm talking about it, I will. Uh, I'm drinking a little tall boy that I got for $1 at Hy-Vee. Um, so if any of you listeners go to Hy-Vee, there's a discounted liquor section. And I think it's because some of the cans get like messed up, like this one's kind of crinkled, and they just sell them for discount. So, um, so yeah, we got like a bunch of singles for like 50 cents for the cans and then a dollar for the bush lights. But anyways, uh, super happy about the deal. Dude, that's such a, that's a killer deal right there. Thank you. Hyvee. Appreciate it. It, uh, it tastes normal. I mean, I don't taste anything weird about it. I'm, you know, I'm just thinking like maybe if it's like super old or something, but no, yeah, it must be uh, some like expiration date thing, but anyway, at least you got it for a killer deal, man. That's right. That's the main thing. I got it for a deal and don't go take any more else because I want more deals. All <laughs> <clears throat> oh, you listeners. Okay. So yeah, today we got, uh, we got a great episode here. Um, Dylan will be joining us shortly. We're going to be talking about um, Iowa Hawkeye basketball. We're going to get into the recent match um, wrestling match that we, that we had um, with the Hawks team winners on uh, spoiler alert. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the wrestling team and uh, the, the high hopes that they have for their season and, and then, uh, you know, how the lineup is going to shake out a little bit more. I think we mentioned that last week. So we'll get into that as well. Um, but first, let's go ahead and talk about um, the Iowa men's basketball team. Since we last spoke, they have gone to Northwestern and uh, – completely dismantled the team and Bo did you get a chance to to check out that game yeah dude so first and foremost I think we talked about it last on the podcast but we were supposed to play Michigan State last Thursday unfortunately they had a ton of COVID going on there so they postponed that game so we fast forward to Sunday played Northwestern Iowa looked un, unstoppable so Jordan Bohannon was doing Jordan Bohannon things knocking down mm-hmm. trays Garza looked like Garzilla again Weiss Camp was quiet, but had a pretty damn good game, and so did C.J. Frederick. And our bench players looked really good and really helped us out when we needed it. Jack Nungy came off the bench, and I think he had nine points overall and a ton of boards. And uh, Keegan Murray played some good minutes, so did Patrick McCaffrey. So, homing on all cylinders, I think we end up winning 
uh, by just shy of 25 points. And then Iowa's offense put up 97 points. And, you know, when Iowa scores more than 85 points, you got to think that Iowa's going to be either in the game or they're going to end up winning that game, which it is. Absolutely. Did. I mean, we're, I mean, the, the announcers even mentioned it towards the end of the game. There's like four minutes left and we're already above like what our average is. So it's like, you know, this is just going to push the average up. We were um, scoring frequently. And it wasn't, speaking of scoring, it wasn't just Garza carrying the load there. Um, you know, we came away with a 96-73 victory, and it wasn't close throughout. Um, but Garza only had 17 points. And you figure somebody who's averaging 27 points a game um, would be scoring more. But it was really a well-balanced attack on the Hawkeyes on offense. And what's crazy about that, Rob, is that Garza had those 17 points all in the first half. And, ba- and he didn't necessarily get shut out. He just didn't get any touches and he just assisted the ball, passed the ball everywhere. So kudos to him for not wanting to go out and just, you know, get 30 points just to keep his average up. But, you know, I ended up putting in their bench players with 10 minutes left in the game. So, I mean, that's, if that doesn't tell you how good of a day they had on Sunday, I don't know what does. Yeah. And speaking of minutes played, uh, so Garza played 24. Joe Wieskamp actually uh, was the, on the court the most with the 27 minutes for the game. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's nice to, you know, be able to conserve our star players when we can, um, and get the other players, uh, some much needed playing time and let them, you know, let us see a little bit more about, about what they have. And, uh, speaking of, so we've talked about Keegan Murray before, but he played 16 minutes this last game. He played a lot. Um, he was four for four from the field at eight points, seven rebounds. I mean, as a fret, as a true freshman who's, who's getting these these minutes, I mean, he's been pretty impressive. For sure, and he had a really nice breakaway dunk to end the half there against Northwestern too. And I know we talked about it last time, but friends talking about trying to get Chris, his brother, more involved. But dude, we have so many guys right now who are playing at a high level, and we we just can't give up that many minutes to other people. Like we need to get Jack Nungy more minutes. We need to get Keegan Murray more minutes. Patrick McCaffrey and Joe Toussaint all need more minutes. We have. You know, nine guys that could easily be starting right now. I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'll go that far. But anyway, we've got nine guys who truly are in a rotation and need to get those minutes. And we got guys on the bench that are just as good. It's just like, man, how do, how do you even that out? You almost need some of these guys to graduate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, speaking of, uh, so we got to see Tony, uh, Perkins. We got to see Aaron Uless, um, Mike Bear. Uh, everybody on the team played a little bit this last game, which was cool yeah. to see. We even saw Austin Ash come in, and I think he chucked up two, two three-pointers just to try and get something to go, which, you know, that's cool. <laughs> Austin Ash, Redshirt Senior, uh, good to see him get some minutes too. So, But, yeah, it was nice to see Perkins and Euless get some playing time because those guys are going to be some studs here in the future. It's interesting when it comes to shooting. Obviously, you mentioned Ash threw up two threes, didn't, didn't make either of them. Um, the team, despite – um, all the threes that we, so there were bench, you know, players who didn't start the game. Um, we, they shot a total of looks like six threes or no, no, no. Yeah. Six threes and only made one from the bench and the team still shot 41.7%, uh, from three. Our starters were Bohannon three for five, CJ Frederick, three for six, McCaffrey missed a three. Joey's camp was two for three. Luca Garza was one for three. And he almost was two for three. There's one of those in and out. You think about that too. Like you go through those stats, everybody but Garza was over 50%. And if, if, if you guys are shooting 
you know, 50% from three-pointer, I mean, they're on. And, you know, like I said, we, we've talked about this all year. The analysts have said this too. If Garza gets going down low, they're going to try and double him. We're going to kick it out to somebody who's going to shoot the big three ball. And you can almost guarantee when Bohannon gets the ball in his hand and when Frederick gets the ball in his hand behind the three-point line, I mean, it's a 50-50. It's going in, but more likely than not, it's going down. Yep. We also led in rebounding category. We out-rebounded the Northwestern Wildcats 40-27. to 27. So, I mean, if we're going to make shots and we're going to get the rebounds, um, I mean, it's going to be, we're going to be a hard team to beat come March. And I think this is a great example of just like a well-executed uh, offense and, and a, a decent playing defense. I wouldn't say, um, I mean, it's a great Hawkeye win. Uh, Northwestern Wildcats, I think they're a few years away from um, being anything uh, that could contend for, uh, a Big Ten, uh, I don't know, championship. I mean, I just – they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team is what I try to, I'm trying to say. They do have, interestingly enough, though, uh, so one of Larry Nance's kids, um, Peter Nance, plays on the team. He was their leading scorer. So kind of interesting to see. So I don't know if you remember um, Larry Nance Jr., I think, is in the NBA. Uh, he was like a slam dunk runner-up. And Peter Nance, um, <laughs> he's a forward on the squad, and he had 16 points. Um, it was kind of cool to see that, kind of an odd little stat, Pete Nance. But 6'10", 225 junior. You know, it would be a lot of my hometown buddies and I were talking about this the other day. He would be the perfect guy to come in and, and uh, fill Luca Garza's spot. Obviously, he's not going to be, you know, a, a bruiser down low, but just somebody with experience to come in next year and, and play, know he'd start get a lot of minutes. He'd be an awesome transfer to the university of Iowa next year, but I don't know if he would be, I don't know if he'd be willing to do that or not, but, uh, but I think that's a great segue though. Um, I guess talking about this basketball team, Rob, I know you've seen quite a few of their games so far this year. What are your two biggest takeaways so far, especially after this Northwestern game? I know we kind of talked about it last week, but uh, any, anything you like to add or anything you like to change based off takeaways so far this year? Yeah, so, um, I mean, just looking at through, looks like 14 games or 12 and two. Um, I think that things that are going well for us, um, nobody has really shut down Garza. Like, I haven't seen him, um, you know, he's, he's been facing double teams a lot this year. And even the games that he's quote unquote quiet, like this game, he was quiet. It's because we really didn't need him to like go in and uh, and you know make a lot of big plays and and really you know there was never a time in this in this game where we really needed a bucket. But I will say that when we do need a bucket, we have him available and he comes through. And so that's something that we really haven't had before uh, that I can remember in the past five or so years. Um, just somebody who will get you that go-to bucket. Um, and, and I think that that's works really great. And if you have somebody like that, you play really nice inside out offense is what we do. He's got surrounded with shooters. It's kind of, uh, you know, the, the exact combination of a team that I think could be dangerous um, come March. Now I will say when we faced a team that gave us adversity, like Gonzaga watching that game, um, when we don't shoot well and when we don't get, the rebounds, that's going to spell disaster. And I think anybody who watched that Gonzaga game 
And it can't, it sort of showed it a little bit when we lost to Minnesota. I mean, that was a close game. So that really could have gone either way. I think we should have had that one regardless. If, if we don't make our shots and we don't at least lead beat the other team in rebounding, um, then I think that's really going to be tough. So um, I think that's part of the reason why we play like a one, three, one zone defense. So we can have guys around the rim to, to get the rebound and get out on the fast break. Um, I, I'm assuming that's why we're playing that way. Uh, I, I do see that it's kind of a matchup zone. There's times where we play man to man, which is great. I, I actually prefer like a man to man type defense, but you know, um, I think so far we've been able to, um, you know, get, get rebounds and get boards, but I just wonder like against a team, maybe similarly built to Gonzaga with a really big front court or guys that just, you know, if we start getting out rebounded, like I think we need to recognize that sooner and, and make some changes or else it's going to spell disaster. I think France has been doing a pretty good job of playing a lot more man than he has zone lately, which has been really good and, and something that I think a lot of fans have noticed too. I think when we've seen them play zone lately, they just haven't been efficient enough to show that we need to stay in that zone. So I like your thoughts on that, Rob. And, and honestly, that defense has carried us to a 12-2 and two start right now. And last week we were looking at a strong Michigan team who was undefeated. They got their asses kicked last week and so your Iowa Hawkeyes are six and one we're first in the Big Ten which is pretty dope and we're on a five game win streak so obviously a lot of great takeaways uh but Rob really liked what you hit on there uh as well so kind of looking into the next game we play Indiana tomorrow we got Illinois huge game on Friday Ohio State next Thursday and then again at Indiana on Sunday uh Dill I'll pass to you here what do you think about this Indiana squad what, what do we got to look for tomorrow night you know I was looking into them a little bit here today and uh, notice they're eight and six right now. So obviously they don't have the best record in the world, but they got a stud in sophomore Trace Jackson Davis, you know, looking into some of his stats, you know, he's six, eight forward for him and averaging 20.4 points per game. So uh, the kid's just a freak. I don't know if you guys had seen him on tape at all this year, but just, you know, he seems to be the guy for them right there. And he's definitely the future of that program right there. So uh, certainly not your typical Indiana team. You're going to see year in, year out. That's a threat to, you know, go deep in the tournament and whatnot. But, you know, a young, talented team nonetheless. So no, no, there's no teams in the Big Ten you can take lightly this year. For sure. And with Trace Jackson Davis, so far they have him eighth in the MVP yeah. or player of the year poll. So, I mean, that, that says something about how good he is right. too. But, Rob, do you have any takeaways or any uh, any thoughts about tomorrow's game? Uh, guys, I think it's going to be much the same as it was against Northwestern. I don't think we're going to play. I don't think they're going to play as tough. I think that they got a really great guy in, in Trace Jackson Davis. So I'd be interested to see how he matches up against Garza or if he's going to be playing against, uh, you know, if Nunji gets the start, and, I mean, who, how they stack up or what they decide to do there. Um, <clears throat> but, but, yeah, so that'll be interesting. But also, I don't know. Like, I don't think that he can. I'd be surprised if he's able to lock down Garza. Yeah, I don't know if they have anybody big enough to lock down guards, to be honest. And I really like how you said Northwestern, because I think that this is probably going to be a 20-plus point game again. Um, Indiana, again, I'm not going to take any, any credit away from them. I'm sure they're going to fight as hard as they can. Trace Jackson Davis is going to keep them in the game as long as he can. But there's only so much you can do when you have a dual threat in, uh, in Luka Garza down low and then the shooters on the outside. Right. And – for you degenerates out there, so this upcoming game against Indiana Hoosiers, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers tomorrow, 
Um, we're actually number, we're ranked number four in the nation. Um, we are minus 10 and a half um, as far as the spread. So if you're looking at that, uh, I think that I would put money on the Hawks to, to beat the spread. They're 10 and four, it looks like. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't look at it. 12 and four against the, or 10 and four against the spread this season. Um, over-unders at 151.5, which yes. seems reasonable. I would shoot the yeah, over, yeah. though. Yeah, take the over. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. So, cool. interesting, guys. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun to play. The team averages 72.6 points a game. That's Indiana. And Iowa averages 92. And that, and that uh, Jess actually went up since Northwestern. So we're averaging 92 points a game. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of averaging a ton of points, we'll go straight over into wrestling from here. Iowa went ahead last week and beat the shit out of Nebraska 31 to six. I know we had our guest podcaster Lance on here and I think he was, uh, he was suggesting that we'd win 28 to six or something like that. Maybe something lose a like team that. point. So good to see the Iowa wrestlers go ahead and put on one hell of a duel and switch points. Dude, they, they really did. And, you know, I know me and him were pretty much tit for tat, you know, going through our predictions and whatnot. But, yeah, obviously, four Hawks, you know, getting bonus points is phenomenal in wrestling. You know, that's what Tom and Terry Brands called domination right there. So, uh, I mean, just specifically rolling through it, you know, at 125, number one in the nation, number one in our hearts, Spencer Lee, getting the pin over number 11, Liam Cronin. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he's actually a transfer out of Indiana. So uh, hell, hell of a wrestler right there uh, going on, you know, 133 had Austin DeSanto doing his thing, pushing the pace ends up with the tech fall, the tech fall over Iowa's own Alex Thompson. Uh, number 41, 141. We got our first taste of Jaden Ironman in a Hawkeye singlet uh, pumped to see him come out with the grid showing against Chad Red. Currently no. number seven in the nation. Good wrestler. What were you saying, Rob? Is Jaden, um, is he a freshman? So he is a senior. Oh. Senior, but he will be coming back next year um, as well. But he was a transfer out of Mizzou. So he was a three-time All-American for Missouri. Never mind. I remember. Yep. I remember now. Sorry. Yep. I'm no, just... that's okay. No, good question. If you had that question, somebody else probably did. So, no, and, and hell of him you know, a hell of a match with him being matched up with all American Chad red as well. And, uh, you know, what, what a way to come into Carver and, you know, come out with the bang. He started a little slow, but came out on top. So that was good to see. Uh, then see mad max mirror and coming out with the decision against Brock Hardy as well. Uh, for those of you that don't really follow wrestling, Brock Hardy's kind of one of those young up and comers. So currently ranked 20th, but, you know, they definitely – Nebraska sees him being a future multiple-time All-American for sure, so good to see. Um, and then at 157, you had Caleb Young, currently ranked sixth in the nation, come out with the major decision against Caleb Licking. So I don't know – for those of you that follow wrestling quite a bit, I don't think Caleb's necessarily known for his incredible offense. He's a very good defensive wrestler for the most part, but not necessarily known for his offense. Well, comes out, scores 17 points to earn that major decision you know, and was just one move shy of getting that tech fall there. So, you know, love to see that early on from him. Just hope he can hold weight and everything and do well and, you know, state filled out at that 157. So good to see him there. Uh, number two, the bull, Alex Marinelli, gets the decision over Peyton Robb, currently ranked 18th. Uh, and we, 
you know, me and Lance and you guys as well talked a little bit about Peyton Rob coming in and, you know, seeing him come in as a true freshman last year in that Nebraska lineup, and he gave Caleb Young all he can handle. So uh, we, we knew this would be a tough match for the bowl, and it was early on, but obviously he pulled away. Um, and then at 174, we didn't see our number one ranked wrestler, but we got to see four-time Minnesota State champion Patrick Kennedy. So uh, a lot of people probably came away from this match a little bit disappointed, but with Mikey Labriola, that's no slouch wrestler you got right there. He's, you know, All-American for a reason, currently ranked number four in the nation, uh, you know, and gets that decision over Patrick Kennedy. And really what I saw there is just you saw some of Kennedy's inexperience where it's pretty evident that he's been destroying wrestlers his whole life. And so he got into a few of those scramble situations where he didn't come out on top, and that was the difference in the match. So uh, hell, hell of a lot of upside with Patrick Kennedy and, you know, absolutely nothing to be disappointed about. I was going to say the same thing too. I was actually really excited about that too. And, and all you got to, all you got to know about this kid is you put a little, little bit more muscle on him, getting a little leaner. This mm -hmm. kid's going to be mean. And I think a lot of people were wondering, Hey, why do you wrestle Kennedy over Kimmerer here? You know, to me, I, I, think I was just going to ask that. Yeah. It's, it's a great idea by, by Tom and Terry brands to get him some great experience, especially against number, number four wrestler in the nation right now, wrestled a terrific match. And only lost seven to four. Yeah, you know it was it was an awesome match. Good for him, right? And that you know extra point came from riding time as well. So he was, you know, in that match up till the very end. So you know, hell of a match by Patrick Kennedy. There's just no other way to go about that. So awesome match by him. Really love to see it. He's going to be one of the future studs for the Hawkeyes. So so are uh, they just putting him in there in 174 over Kemmerer to just uh, just get him some experience? Is that exactly? Yeah. Yep. Yep. The duel is out of hand. So, you know, obviously the Hawkeyes are going to win the duel. So it's like, hey, why not throw him in there? Let's see what happens. And if you notice, too, you saw Terry Brands and Michael Kemmerer in the back kind of scouting, scouting and, you know, looking into Labriola's or Labriola, I think it is. Uh, looking into some of his scrambling techniques and whatnot to help Kemmerer for, you know, their future matches at Big Tens and whatnot. Well, and even to coach Kennedy a little bit too, mm -hmm. coach him up a little bit. I think that was a huge big time coaching move by, by Kemmerer. Absolutely. Yeah. So, that, that should give him all the confidence in the world. Like he's, you know, he's the number two wrestler at 174 for more than likely the next two years. So it's like, okay, yeah, you can come in now and you can compete with anybody. So. I have a question too. Um, so like, at this point in the match, we've had we just finished our sixth our sixth uh, match. That was the 165 Marinelli over Peyton Rob, and at this point we're up 24-0 right. on uh, on on uh, the Nebraska. Nebraska. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So at this point, like, is this like a game time decision, or do you think that they planned ahead and were like, hey, um, Patrick Kennedy, like, be ready because we might throw you in, or do you think they're just like, yeah. you know what? bucket let's get him in there so it a little bit of both i think um and i i can't remember when they like announced the starting lineups who went up or if they both went up but they they do it both ways rob where you know typically you'll hear like when they're announcing starting lineups when you're in carver you know you'd hear like and number one in the nation michael kemmerer or patrick kennedy and they'll both come out and shake hands with mikey you know labriola so Oh, at the uh, beginning. It, it's a little bit of both. Yep. Yes. So okay. It, so it's a match time decision. A lot of times I'm not saying this one was, I'm not 
100% for sure. I didn't see starting lineups, so uh, can't say what with 100% certainty, but typically that's a match time decision. Like, like, hey, Patrick, see what you got kind of thing. So those guys are warming up like they got a match. Okay, and I was thinking too, like, because I forgot that they announced all the matches before the whole meet starts uh, right. or at the beginning of the meet. So I was also thinking, like, is that maybe strategy, um, you know, as the as the if so the opponents see like, OK, it's either going to be this guy or this guy. So they can't really plan ahead at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. definitely a strategy as well. So, you know, you don't want Interesting. you know, you don't want to see Kimmer give away you know, a big move here that, you know, Mikey can come back and plan for at Big Tens or at, you know, most importantly, NCAAs. So. You know, you don't you don't want to see that either. You know, some in the wrestling community call that ducking. I don't know. I, I don't see it that way myself. I just see it as, you know, these guys are all, you know, 22, 23 years old um, as far as the older guys on the squad. So it's like, you know, get them enough matches to qualify for big tens and call it good, you know, and let them go out and show their thing there. That's my opinion, though, of course. So. Well, that makes sense to me. Right. So, you know, you don't want you don't want to see camera out there and just, you know, give somebody the sharpshooter. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and but getting back to the duel here uh, at 184, not necessarily a surprise because we saw in the probable lineups, but we didn't see Abasad in there. And so you saw number eight in the nation, Nelson Brands, major decision, Taylor Vents with a score of 13 to five. And. For those of you that saw Nelson Brands wrestle last year, you know, you saw the talent was there. Uh, I don't think he was quite filled out for that 184 weight class just yet. And if anyone had any doubts coming into that Nebraska duel, they don't anymore. Wow. That was an absolute hell of a match by him. He was on his offense the entire time. You know, Taylor Vence, who's an All-American in his own right, could not take him down. It was just an incredible performance, and I think he's criminally underrated at number eight myself. So... Um, awesome, awesome to see that there. Uh, and then, you know, at 197, you see Eric Schultz out of Nebraska beat Jacob Warner with the decision. And, you know, I, I heard a few guys upset with this one, you know, could have seen Warner go to his offense a little bit quicker. I, I get that, but you know, Eric Schultz is a stud for a reason in his own right. So they, these guys two, are going right? to, yep. These guys are going to wrestle two more times and, um, I'd be very, very surprised if Jacob Warner doesn't get one of those matches. So uh, both excellent wrestlers. You know, I think we gave the nod to Schultz before because he won their last matchup, and that was kind of our thinking there. But, yeah, literally just the difference in one takedown, and uh, that's obviously made this match here. And, you know, that's that's going to be a matchup to watch here in the Big Tens here in the next few weeks and at the NCAAs as well. And then looking at 285, obviously – Big Cassiope, Rob's boy, Tony Cassiope, yep. uh, Illinois, Haniga. I think I think I said that right, Haniga. It's It's I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's it's spelled like Hananiga or like Hananiga, Honanega or Honanega. Okay. So lis- listeners, feel free to correct us there. If you're but, from Hananiga, right? <laughs> so he he gets the decision over Christian Lance there. Uh, for nothing. So that ends up, you know, the Hawkeyes winning the duel at 31 to six. And like I mentioned before, you know, four Hawkeyes scored bonus points, which comes NCAA's time. That's just massive. You know, if you want to come home as an NCAA champion, 
team-wise, if you want to win a team championship, you got to have those bonus points in there. So awesome to see. I mean, my overall takes just from all of this. And look at that smile. And look at that smile. That's big biggest cast. smile on the team, Tony Love Cassiope. It. Love it. <laughs> Straight out of Roscoe, Illinois, baby. Hell yeah. Hell Sorry. yeah. So, yeah, no, you're fine. He's going to be a force for a while. And uh, we're going to get into this a little bit too, but he's going to have himself a top five showdown with, uh, with uh, Gable Stevenson this week too. So that's going to be awesome to see. But my, my biggest takeaways from that last meet, you know, Leon DeSanto, they took care of business. They did what you expect of them. You know, both solid wrestlers there. Uh, kind of like I mentioned, Jaden Ironman, he started slow, you know, ended up well. Uh, Mirren Young, Marinelli, and Cassiope all come out hot. Uh, gritty performances by every single one of them. And, you know, like we touched on, the big surprise of the meet was Nelson Brands. That was just, you know, he's without a doubt the wrestler of the night. The dude just straight up kicked ass. Like, there, there was never a doubt in that match who was going to win. So, uh, awesome to see. You know, we think Pat Kennedy has a hell of a future. Um, again, as far as Warner's loss to Schultz goes, they're going to wrestle two more times. And I'd be color me shocked if Warner doesn't get, get him at big tens or NCAA. So yeah, just awesome. First performance out of the gate. Guess what did you guys think? For sure. I, I agreed. You know, I thought it was a lot of fun and mm -hmm. I think we all knew it was kind of going to be a blowout yeah. at, uh, before going in there, but I agree. I thought Nelson Brands, honestly, I'm sure you probably said this already. Mm -hmm. He looked 100 times different than he did Dude. from last year. He looks stacked. He looks cut and he looks strong. He looks mentally there. Yeah, he reminded me of like Brock Lesnar, like in his college <laughs> yeah. wrestling days. Like, and for those of you, you know, maybe casual wrestling fans or whatever, like go look up a video of Brock Lesnar wrestling for the University of Minnesota under Jay Robinson. Like, just incredible. Like, God, I, I questioned a couple times if Nelson did a few roids or something over the summer. Like, <laughs> like he, he just looked massive. So that was awesome to see. You know, and on that first takedown, too, um, I think that uh, the guy he wrestled here, um, uh, Taylor Vince, took a shot at his leg, and it almost looked like he hit it and bounced back. Yeah. And then Nelson threw him to the side and went over, over mm -hmm. the top. It's like, my God, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. You know, Nelson Brands wasn't doing any, like, crazy moves like these are all moves you learn year one in wrestling like he did a couple go behinds you know scored that way and then just double legs mm -hmm. you know and you know going from double single leg drag to a double leg and whatnot but like it was just incredible to see it was just a dominant performance and frankly that's what you would expect out of one of the brands boys so yeah. that's awesome overall i thought the thought the match was really good too and i do want to bring this up too you did mention it a little bit but for all those Hawkeye listener, Hawkeye wrestling listeners out there, what do you think about Ava Saad? I mean, what's he going to do seeing that, you know, Brands goes out and has a great first match of the year at Carver against the top six wrestler in, uh, mm -hmm. in Taylor Vince? You know, I mean, it's it, it's the Iowa wrestling mentality. I don't think Ava Saad has an ounce of quit in him. So I, I think he's going to keep pushing for that 84 spot this year. And as far as that goes, I mean, you're going to have, you know, 74 open here in the next couple of years. You got – you know, 197, that's going to be opening up in the next couple of years with uh, with Jacob Warner as well. So, you know, long term, both of these guys are going to be in the lineup because they're both just straight hammers. I mean, that's just all there is to it. So you're, you're going to see both of these guys. But obviously, you know, we were all wondering if 
Nelson Brands won that wrestle off, and I think it's clear he won it. And I think he might have won it by a large margin. So. Yeah, I, well, and you guys talked about it. He he won big time in freestyle too. I know yeah. it's a different style of wrestling, but you know something like that can really screw with somebody's mentality too. Oh, and just kind of kind of looking at the extra matches too, it doesn't look like he got the uh, doesn't look like he got the nod in any of the extra matches, unfortunately either. But uh, it was it was really nice to see that uh, you know they're letting some of those other guys wrestle and have the ability to wrestle outside of just uh, wrestling the same guys day in, day out Absolutely. at Carver too. So Absolutely. And it could always be just one of those things too, where he might have a nagging injury too. And it's like, Hey, this year doesn't count anyways. Don't worry about it. Well, and lucky us for having somebody like Nelson Brands to come and fill the spot and do yeah. just as good. Yeah, no doubt. That's an awesome problem to have, isn't it? So, for sure. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting into next or getting into Friday night. So uh, Iowa, you know, in Big Ten, for those of you that don't know, Big Ten is absolutely the mecca of college wrestling. You know, typically, whoever wins Big Tens, they have pretty damn good shot at winning it all at the NCAAs in the next few weeks. So, uh, Iowa, you know, the road doesn't get any easier. Now, it's not a top top five, top six matchup like it was versus Nebraska, but, you know, we got number 15, Minnesota, coming into town, and or are we going to Minnesota? No, it's that's why no, it's, it's, it's at Minnesota. It's at Minnesota. I was going to say double yeah. check. Jump, double yep, check that. Right there. Okay, there you go. Yep. So we're going to Minnesota, the former home of Jay Robinson, who was given all his wrestlers Adderall. Can't be doing that, so he's not there anymore. But <laughs> nonetheless, so we we got some good good matchups coming here as well. So oh, and nice, you got the probables up there for us. I like that, Rob. That's oh yeah. So looking at this, we got number one in the nation, Spencer Lee, taking on the co-Big Ten Wrestler of the Week and Patrick McKee, who's currently ranked number nine. So uh, it, this is going to be a fun one. But Spencer Lee is Spencer Lee. And I'm just going to go ahead and give my predictions as I go, give these out. Hope you guys are cool with that. Yep. I'm going Spencer Lee with a tech fall here. I don't think he pins him, but I think he's going to get the tech. So he'll, he'll win by 15. Um, and then at 133, you got – Number four in the nation, Austin Sandal versus Boo Dryden, uh, currently ranked 20th. Again, I'm going Tech I mean, Ball, maybe possibly major decision there. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go Tech. I'll go with Tech. That one, I mean, I think that one is going to be an interesting to watch because Boo Dryden is uh, top five in the nation in the all name team. Uh, <laughs> he's got an interesting name. I wonder what Boo is short for. Um, I bet some of the Minnesota fans might know. Who's that? Who's that kid from Northwestern? That Boo Booey? Is he? That's the base same spelling. Oh, the oh, basketball player. Uh, I basketball know. player. I yeah. Into that. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know either. That's a really good question. But I do think DeSanto uh, just destroys this kid. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think he's gonna. Um, yeah, I, I think Tech fall for sure at the very worst major major. But for prediction wise, I'll go Tech here too. Um, you got Jaden Ironman at versus Marcus Polanco. I'm going with the pin pinfall here so throw six points on the board there uh, i i think ironman's going to show his true colors against the inferior blanco so um no discredit there but and then you're going to see max mirin or bretley reyna going against michael blockhouse or jake berglin so now we talked about this a little bit with patrick kennedy coming in for um patrick kennedy coming in for michael kemmerer this very well may be a spot where you see bretley reyna uh four-time state champ out of florida come in so um, seeing him wrestle Michael Blockhouse or Jake Berglund. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but just for prediction-wise, we're going to assume it's Max Mirren and Michael Blockhouse. I'm going straight decision there. 
towards Mirren. So, you know, that puts the Hawkeyes up 19 to nothing after four four matches, right? Yep. Yeah, so a lot of bonus points I got early on for the Hawks. Um, then from there, you got Caleb Young and Brayton Lee. So we got ourselves, you know, a top 10 matchup here. This is going to be a fun one, guys. I know they've had a few matches before. I don't know what their records are head-to-head -head right now. But <clears throat> if you ask me this one preseason, I think Brayton Lee gets them. But just the way that I seen Caleb Young wrestle this week or this past week versus Nebraska, you know, there, there's that offensive edge to him that we haven't seen in a while. So I, I think he comes out and he gets this decision in Minneapolis. So we're going Caleb Young there at 57. What were you at? Yeah, which would which would bring the Iowa score 20, 22 nothing. The only, the only thing I want to bring the bring up right here is Brayton Lee's had three matches so far where uh, Caleb Young's only had one. So I don't know. I'm I'm a little curious about that. Right. I, I think it's gonna be a lot closer. I agree with the decision, mm -hmm. but I, I almost think that Brayton Lee might even get Young here. Oh, he, but, and he very well could. You I never know. know. It's I know, a toss up. I was gonna say I know he has before. So, yep. um. But, yeah, no, that, that's going to be a fun one. So, if nothing else, tune in the duel for that. Um, and then at 165, you're going to have the Bull, Alex Marinelli, taking on Andrew Sparks, currently ranked 13th, or possibly Bailey O'Reilly as well. So, uh, I think you see the Bull come out here and get a decision. Um, you know, could even possibly be major, but, uh, I mean, the Bull is too good. So, and then you're going to see Michael Kemmerer come in. Um versus or you know possibly patrick kennedy as well i guess versus jake alar uh, currently ranked number 16 in the nation i'm going major here i think guys get bonus points again um so yeah i just think michael kemmerer his season, season debut he's he's gonna be locked and loaded ready to go uh 84 you're gonna have uh i almost said tom brands Jesus, nelson <laughs> brands uh number six in the nation taking on owen webster uh, I'm, I'm going to play it safe here, go decision. Uh, although I think if Brands wrestles the way he did last week, there's no doubt he can go major or even potentially tech fall, which you don't see often with the big men. But that, I don't know. I just Nelson Brands, the way he wrestled last week and just the dominant performance. And, you know, he was just impossible to take down. I know we keep harping on that, but good God. Mm -hmm. Like Taylor Benz, who's, you know, a takedown artist, and we've seen that from him you know, plenty in the past couple of years, especially with his battles with Avis on and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I just. And, and, you well, know, you know, think about this too, kind of the same thing that we saw last week, we could even see Avis on step in here, absolutely. just knowing, you know, knowing that prior to this, we have Iowa up 29, nothing, right. We could see Avis on just kind of get his feet in there and get yeah. a match in too. Yeah. So and see, we'll see. see what he's got. Absolutely. Yep. No, that very well could be the case. So, um, then 97, you're going to have a very, very pissed off Jacob Warner. So uh, he, he's going to come in. He's going to get just a decision. He's not a real, real high point scorer, but he is going to win right there. Um, and then the match of the night, uh, big Tony Cassiope, number three in the nation versus the vilified Tom Brands words, uh, Gable Stevenson, number one in the nation out of Minnesota. Um, God, Gable's a punk. And, you know, and, and Tom said it best himself. He's like, yeah, he he didn't say he was a punk, but, you know, he said how this sport has vilified him in the wrestling community. You know, but it's one of those things, if he was on our team, God, we would love him. Yep. We would absolutely love him. So um, 
you're you're going to see Gable Stevenson win this match. Unfortunately, he's just got too much firepower for Cass. Uh, now that being said, that being said, I know I said it on Twitter, so people are going to call me a hypocrite. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Tom Brands and everybody, they believe in their guy. You know, he could pull that upset, but as far as me doing these predictions, I just can't do it right now. I cannot do it. I have not seen enough of Cass. Um, he looked good last week. Don't get me wrong, but four, four to nothing's not going to beat Gable Stevenson. He's just too good on his feet. He's too quick. Uh, as far as that 285 weight class goes, the man, it looks like he runs like a four five forty. Like he, he's just incredibly fast, incredibly athletic, phenomenal in scramble situations. I just don't see it myself. I think Gable Stevenson's going to come away with this victory. So that's, that's what I'm play. saying. Like, listen, I mean, the dude looks like Aaron Donald. <laughs> like here's yeah. a great photo of him like i mean he's jacked and he looks like he can move around which you don't see a lot you know usually the smaller guys are the ones that are able to jump around and have a lot of energy and things like that when it comes to wrestling oh exactly exactly i couldn't agree more so and the dude's a freak he's he's gonna go down as one of the best heavyweight collegiate wrestlers of all time and you know i, I think he's gonna have a very good career in the world circuit as well. And, uh, you know, he's a great, pretty good freestyle wrestler as well. So definitely has a shot at, you know, making an Olympic team at some point. You know, on that note too, our, uh, our, our guy Lance sent me a text prior to this and, and we were thinking, you know, Hey, maybe Co Tony Cassiope could potentially pull this off after hearing what Tom Brands had to say. And he's like, man, Gable Stevenson and that kid from Michigan are just on a whole new level. Yeah. It's like, I love my dude Cassiope. Cassiope is the man and I'll go to death for him. But, you know, like Gabe, Gable Stevenson is just, he's just on a completely other level. That's what, and, and what we're talking about right now, it's, you know, the Gable Stevenson cast matchup. It's kind of like the Lee versus McKee matchup right now, where it's like, yeah, could Patrick McKee do it potentially, uh, you know, take out the defending champ, but. Not no, likely. No, it's not likely. So, for all wrestling fans out there who don't know this, and Dylan, I'm going to need your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. A lot of us think that you just start at 125 and you just run through the whole list. But sometimes, sometimes you start at, you know, just a, a middle weight. You say 157. Yep. What is the deciding factor of that? Or how do you determine who's going to so start? They match? draw for it, actually. Um, so, unless both squads decide to start at 125 or whatever, they'll draw for it. So, like with this match, the marquee matchup being at 285, you're probably going to see them start at 125, I would assume. But technically, they can always draw for that as well. So every now and then you'll see them start at 41 or 49 kind of thing. And, uh, you know, the first couple of years that Iowa had Spencer Lee, they did that a little bit starting at, uh, not heavyweight, but starting at 33. So Spencer would be the last match of the night. So you'll see that every now and again, but. I think more often than not, you see them start at 125 and kind of go through the standard order. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's exciting. I think this is going to be a really nice matchup. And, and based off of Dylan's predictions, we have Iowa winning 35 to 3. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, give or take one match, I think that's pretty damn accurate. And I was going to say, what is that? One, two, three. So that, that puts Iowa having four, four guys earn bonus points again with Lee DeSanto. Iron and Timber. So if you disagree with me, you're wrong. <laughs> and that's okay. if Kimmer decides to wrestle too. Exactly. So it could be Kennedy. Yep. 
And again, we could see uh, we could see uh, Abasad over at eighty four. Which, as, well. as long as Kemmer is healthy, you're going to see him wrestle. I don't see him sitting out two matches in a row unless there's something nagging him. For sure. Which I haven't heard that's the case, but I don't know that for sure. For sure. Well, we start out the season with a big win against Nebraska. We got this against Minnesota. Uh, they just came out out of wrestling. It was pretty cool. They just came out with a uh, with a. Uh, I don't know. It's not necessarily a duel because it's a yeah. three team. What do they call it? Like a triad or a triangular? Something yeah, like that. something like that. Well, uh, Illinois, and Michigan are going to come to Iowa City the thirty first, which will be a, an awesome, awesome mm-hmm. matchup for fans. We see Iowa, Illinois duke it out. Mich- or yeah, and then Michigan, Illinois duke it out, and then Iowa, Michigan to end the day. So it'll be a day full of wrestling, and, and I'm sure that a lot of Iowa fans are going to be tuned into Big oh, Ten. Oh hell yeah, that. That, that's going to be a fun one, I think. Especially that Iowa Michigan meet, you know, you got Logan Massa coming off of coming back off that Olympic red shirt. You got uh, Mason Paris, which is who Lance is talking about, that yep. other heavyweight. So another stud there. So yeah, Michigan's got some wrestlers. I'm sure I missed some dogs there too. So should be a, should be a couple of great matchups, mm-hmm. and, and uh, obviously a good good couple of weeks here for Iowa wrestling Absolutely. and everything here too. Uh, Rob. I want to know what your thoughts are on, on wrestling. Did, were you able to watch the meet um, against Nebraska, or do you have any questions or anything for somebody who isn't, like, heavily invested in the wrestling uh, realm or side of things? Sure. Um, well, yeah, I, I do have a question. Um, so, like, I wasn't able to, to catch the Nebraska game, uh, the Nebraska meet, so I wasn't able to watch Um you know, us take away with the wind. I do want to try to see what I can do to catch a few of these uh, wrestling meets. So I feel bad, um, you know, us talking about it and uh, me not really being able to uh, to recite or, or relate uh, as much. But, you know what I mean? I, I'm new to uh, wrestling, obviously, so I am uh, just learning as I go. Right. Uh, but, I mean, excited. I mean, we're in a great spot to, to learn, uh, especially with, with Iowa being as good as they are. So uh, some questions I have. So, obviously, I mean, we talked about – and like me not really knowing a lot, I don't know why, but Tony Cassiope is my favorite wrestler on the team. Probably because he wrestles heavyweight. I like, from Roscoe. I like Sam Stoll before we had Cassiope in there. Uh, regardless, how, you know, looking at his matchup against Gable Stevenson, um, you know, how often do you see like upsets in wrestling? Ooh, that's a good question, Rob. Um, it happens. Uh, I, I would put it on the slightly rare scale, if that makes sense. So it, it definitely happens. Like, you know, seeing Nelson Brands come out last week and, you know, just piss pound Taylor Venz. Now, they were seven and eight as far as the rankings go. So that's technically an upset. But, you know, early on in the season, it's hard to say because rankings will fluctuate so much. Um, but as far as that goes, how often do upsets happen? They definitely happen, uh, especially at the heavyweight level, because, you know, these matches are typically decided by, you know, a takedown because you, you get one takedown in the first and escape, you know, in your turn in the second and the third. And that's more, more often than not kind of the, the deciding factor in those matches. So when you see those upsets, you'll see them a lot at those heavier weights, uh, not so much at the lighter weights, so I'd say they're a little more common, a little more common, decently common at 285, and then less common as you go down in the weights, in my opinion. Uh, gotcha. I guess, what do you think, Bill? I, I would agree. Um, I think, 
your lower weights, it's tough because I, I feel like I feel like there could be upsets everywhere. Mm-hmm. But we all know who the great wrestlers are, right. and so it's not necessarily it, you don't see upsets as much in wrestling, in my opinion. I think where you do see the where the, you see the up, upsets are anywhere from four four in your ranking on the way up. Yeah, I you know your one twos when they start duking it out. I think those are toss-ups every single time. But yeah. when you get as low as three or four all the way back, I, I think that's where the upsets technically upsets. Happen, right. So. And and these upsets that we're talking about, you know, typically typically those upsets just come down to the better technician, you know, and, and maybe more so at the lower weights. But, you know, like a Spencer Lee versus Patrick McKee, you know, I think it's safe to say most people assume Lee's going to win that match with bonus points. And that's just simply because Lee's – not only has ridiculous strength for that 125 weight class, but, you know, also just has the technician, you know, the guy's been wrestling since he was out of the womb. So, uh, you know, if he, if he gets that wrist locked up and gets you in the tilt, you're done. You know, that's, you know, two points plus the poor near fall, uh, you know, before you know it, you're down six, nothing. And that's got to take the wind out of most wrestler sales right there. So that's why I say it's a little less likely to see that at those upper weights. Um, but again, you know, just as you go down, I, and I don't want to say technique's not important because, you know, a guy like Gable Stevenson, Stevenson, he has phenomenal technique. That's what makes him such a good wrestler at that heavyweight spot. Whereas, you know, you look at three, you know, ranked third on up because you see that great technique with Mason Paris out of Michigan as well, who's currently ranked number two at heavyweight. But then as far as that goes after that, you still see the technique but I don't think it's as much of a factor necessarily as catching guys or, you know, being more athletic and that kind of thing. So I could be way off there and Lance might be laughing at me. Just my opinion. Well, I'll tell you what, too. I mean, look at, look at 133, that weight class too. I mean, they're top five guys. Any, any of them can win every, any single night oh, too. Absolutely. So almost, almost have to weigh that in consideration too. So, right. Gotcha. Gotcha. That was, that was a great question, Rob. Yeah. I was going to say, what no. else you got? Sure. My other question would be, so here, let's, uh, here's the schedule for the Iowa Hawkeyes, um, you know, wrestling season right now. I'm just taking this from the uh, playbill or uh, the program <laughs> uh, for the, for their, uh, at the, the match for at Minnesota. But um, so you look at our schedule, you know, and there's just not a lot. It's a short season. Is this due to COVID or is this normally how long the season is? Because no, no, yeah, so that's due to COVID, Rob. Uh, Typically, the wrestling season is going to start in like late November, uh, you know, possibly early December, you know, and typically you'll get into those Big Ten matches in January. So, as far as that goes, that's somewhat accurate. Uh, As far as the Big Ten duels and whatnot go, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that's just mainly COVID right there. You see these guys wrestling pretty much, you know, damn near every week. So just trying to get all these matches in, but it's funny that you bring that up because now I'm just looking at, you know, all the big duels, so to speak. And, you know, you see Michigan where, you know, the team's probably not necessarily where it needs to be, but, uh, you know, they, they have some phenomenal individual wrestlers. So that's one, you know, the fans aren't going to want to miss out on. Uh, Ohio State as well. They're they're always a tough out. You know, they're not the Kyle Snyder Ohio State that they once were, but nonetheless still have some absolute hammers in that lineup. And then Penn State, you know, that, that's going to be a big duel. You got 
Aaron Brooks. Oh God. I mean, you just go down the line. I know they lose, you know, Vincenzo Joseph and then they lost uh, Mark Hall, Mark Hall as well. So uh, both stud wrestlers that aren't coming back, but you know, Penn state's still going to have quite a bit of firepower back in that lineup. So they're going to be a big one. And then uh, the Wisconsin duels typically, you know, a big one as well. They, they've got some studs in there. Uh, I was, which is making me wonder if Evan Wick is still around. I want to say he is, but maybe he didn't go ahead and graduate last year. I can't remember. So, uh, you know, seeing him and Marinelli's duels throughout the years have always been fun. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say, it looks like, according to this, he's, he's, he's on the roster. So, um, so yeah, he, he's another oh, solid one. I wonder what weight he's at. Yeah, so he's a, he's a senior. So, you know, looking at the schedule here, obviously we're paying or, you know, we're just playing the, the conference um, teams in the Big Ten, like, you know, our, our rivals and things like that. Mm-hmm. But in a normal wrestling season, like I caught the one – not last year, but the year before, mm-hmm. Iowa versus Iowa State in mm-hmm. in Carver Hawkeye Arena. I was at that wrestling meet, right? And um, so I know that we wrestle Iowa State just like we play them. Excuse me, in like a non-conference way, like you know, in football and basketball things like that. Right. What are some other like wrestling non-conference matches that we see a lot of? Typically have so every year Iowa and Oklahoma State have a duel. Um, and really, that's gone on for God seems like as long as I've been alive. But yeah, because uh, Oklahoma if, State is a, a really big wrestling school, right? Oh, absolutely. Yep, they're a huge wrestling school. If you look at, you know, as far as national championships go, it's you know Oklahoma State number one, and I'm pretty sure Iowa's number two. Uh, and then from there, I couldn't even really tell you where it goes, but yeah. Iowa and Oklahoma State, that's been a rivalry for a long, long time, probably since Dan Gable took over the program. And so. I think I think the last time or last huge match they had was in 2015 when they were the grappling on the gridiron yep. that day. And then Iowa played football against Minnesota that night. Yep. It was it was pretty damn cool to see something yeah. like that in November. Yeah, I got drunk twice that day. That was <laughs> awesome. So uh yeah, awesome, awesome time. But yeah, that that's always a really fun duel to be a part of where you know, I think last year we got to see Cade Brock, and oh, you, you get to see some studs out of Oklahoma State. So, um, yeah, phenomenal matchup we had to miss out on this year thanks to COVID. But we had Lee, I think we had Lee High last year or two years ago. The rest yep. of them, yep, Lee High came into town. Uh, usually, one of those Ivy League schools comes around too. It seems like I think they've had Cornell. We had Princeton last year. We wrestled mm-hmm. at Princeton last year. I remember. Yep, Princeton was another one. Princeton's a good one too because you got Pat Glory because everybody was saying that Spencer Lee ducked them and obviously wasn't the case at all. So. Well, and then also you had the Midlands, so you don't see a ton of just Big Ten schools. You see a ton of uh, schools around the area too that, that come to that as well. So that's a that's a huge tournament you have every single year. Yep, and then you know obviously you know they send wrestlers from the UNI Open and whatnot. Typically that's like the lower oh. level guys. And then we forgot about Ohio or Iowa State. We usually wrestle Iowa State every year for, yeah. <laughs> for the Cyhawk trophy. Oh, yeah. If they have a Cyhawk. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they do it for the Cyhawk series or whatever. But that, that's one of those duels that, you know, I was probably more of a casual fan growing up and whatnot. But growing up, that Iowa Iowa State duel, that was typically, you know, top notch, one versus two kind of thing. And 
those were some awesome, awesome duels back in the day when Cale Sanderson was at the helm at Iowa State. So uh, that program's went downhill since, but, you know, I think is on the rise once again with Kevin Dresser and, you know, Brent Metcalf and Derek Sagan out there. So, which I guess Metcalf might not be out there anymore. I forget. Anyways, not important. Um, so, yeah, they, they got the Iowa blood in that wrestling program now those Dan Gable disciples. So they, they're coming back up. They got Nate Carr, who's an absolute freak of a wrestler. David Carr. David Carr. Yeah, Nate's his old man. My yep. bad. But, yeah, D- David Carr coming up, absolute stud. Uh, yeah, I think Iowa State's well on their way back to being a power. And, uh, you know, looking in-state as well, I think UNI's got themselves an up-and-coming program where – Right now, they're getting those wrestlers that are, you know, four-timers out of the state of Iowa that, you know, may not necessarily be good enough to go to a school like the University of Iowa or, you know, even potentially Iowa State. So, a lot of studs, a lot of studs. Gotcha. Well, good to know, guys. Looking forward to the match. Looking forward to another Hawkeye win here to set us up going 2-0. And And, uh, hopefully we'll see – We'll see what Cassiope brings to the table this week. I'd love, I'd love to see it, Rob. I'd love to see your man do his thing. Biggest smile on the team, Tony Cassiope. That's right. You know what's funny, too, is that every announcer, everybody talks about Tony Cassiope's smile, too. So, oh, yeah. it's awesome. I mean, just he must be just an awesome guy. Yeah. Look forward to uh, meeting him Sunday, having him on the pod. Absolutely. <laughs> the Ric Flair drip go, woo! Yep. Is that his uh, entrance song? So that's what Carver, the fans in Carver will do, like as he's wrestling, just randomly, just woo! And you'll do that for Cassiope. Yeah, and that's a, a lot of the a lot of the old men get annoyed by it, but anybody that grew up with Ric Flair, they love it. So, <laughs> dude, I actually I think that's the reason why I like Cassiope. <laughs> yeah. And how did that even start, too? Just well, I, I, just... I think it started with Sam Stoll. I think people did that for Sam Stoll, and then I don't know what he did, but then it just kind of kept going on, and now it's like a heavyweight wrestler thing. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Gotta love it. Right? Hell yeah. You know, if we're anything, we are clever as Hawkeye fans. Right. And our cheers that we do for the heavyweight wrestlers. Hell Yeah. Well, guys, uh, is there anything else that we need to cover before we get out of here? Rob, I think you did a great job talking about basketball. And, Bill, I think you did a pretty damn good job of covering wrestling here. I think we're in for a pretty damn good week and and uh, really excited to be a Hawk this week. I, hopefully we can end the, end the week on two big wins. Hell, yeah. And maybe see a couple upsets here, Iowa, Minnesota wrestling. Absolutely. Here we It'll go. Watch. I'll see if I can catch it. Uh, so I can, you know, report back with my thoughts. I'll see if I can take some notes here. So like, uh, we can kind of bring some other, uh, questions or anything like that that we have. And, uh, we can talk about it, guys. Sounds good. Perfect. Well, as go always, Hawks. guys, it's been a pleasure. Go Hawks. We'll take us out with a little Hawkeye victory program. Okay.